All right, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are, uh, are doing amazing as we uh, come together to continue to dig into God's Word. And uh, we're talking about this topic, get in the game. Uh, this is huge. This is a huge thing that we are in the game, that we are on the field, that we are on God's team doing what God has called us to do, what he has put us on the planet to do. This is so big. If we miss this, if we miss what God has for us in this world while we're on this planet, we have missed our purpose completely. Like we can chase after lots of things and go after things and collect things and gain things, but if it isn't what God wants, we are wasting our time. And so we looked at the big picture, you know, there's two teams, God's team, Satan's teams, and, and there's the, the, the wide, the road on Satan's team is so wide and it's getting wider. Anything goes, any system, any belief, anything, any teaching, any way you want to believe or live or think, it's okay with the devil. He's cool with anything. And you're hearing that coming out of people, right? And God's side, the, the road is narrow. There's a path that leads to eternal life that is narrow, and only a few are going to end up on that road. And I'm praying to God that we are part of those few. We are a part of that few. That we are going to hold on to God no matter what. No matter if things go our way or not. No matter how bad the world gets and how corrupt the world gets, we are going to hold on to the narrow way and the Lord's way no matter what. This is the word for us today. And we will hold on to God and do it God's way no matter what. So we're into the nuts and the bolts, the nuts and the bolts of the game, getting on the field, getting in the game, playing our role, playing our part, and doing it well. That's what we're talking about, the nuts and the bolts. And we said uh, Esther was willing to take one for the team. Freedom, we talked about, to choose God, our freedom to even be able to choose God and to get off the wrong team came at a price to cost Jesus his life, every ounce of blood in him. Great teams, we said, have great leaders. And I pray to God that we're of some of those leaders, that we are the ones that are going to say, I'm going to speak up, I'm going to step up, I'm going to set the example for other people so that the world, so that people on the planet will have somebody to look to and say, that's what a godly person looks like. You can live a godly life in a sinful world. And there's living proof. We need to be those people. We've got to want to be those people. Great teams have great leaders or need great leaders. And then we said, we compete to win the prize. That's what we said last week. We compete to win the prize. We're not running to not win. We are running as if we are the only ones. Like we are going to win that prize no matter what the cost. We're going to give ourselves fully to the mission of Jesus. We're going to honor God with all our life. And we're going to run as if there's one prize and we're after it. We're not going to settle for second place. We're not going to settle for second best. We're not going to, we're not going to settle for some other version of ourself, uh, a cheaper version or a lazy version. We are going to be all that God wants us to be. And we're going to give all of our effort to become that. We're going to run. We're going to compete. To win the prize. Now, this is a passage that we looked at last week, but there's another truth here that I'm going to bring out today. I want to share with you today. Do you not know that in a race, 
All of the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. That's what we talked about last week. That we are going to run in such a way as to get the prize. Compete for the prize. Here we go. Verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. The Olympics are on now this week. We're seeing people compete for gold medals. You know, they're chasing after those medals. They want those medals. They want gold. You know, everybody wants the gold. But you know what? All of those medals are going to perish. They are temporary. They are not going to last forever. And if you sell your soul for a gold medal on the planet and forfeit a crown of glory, you have become not just a pawn in Satan's game, but you have become a fool. To, to give your life fully to anything of this world that is temporary, a crown that will not last, and you trade in a crown that will last, you forfeit your soul, you neglect your eternal soul, my friend, you have become a fool. Don't be that person, right? God has given us everything we need to not be that person. Don't be that person. We should not want anyone around us to be that person that gets sucked into the world and fooled by the world. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last for all of eternity, forever and ever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I'm not going to just run out there and do whatever. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air, just fighting against nothing. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. We're going to run. We're going to bring others with us. We're going to encourage everyone around us, especially those who ask for it. You know, there's a lot of people who don't want your help. They don't want my help. They don't want our help. But there are other people that do. And they will lean on each other. And together we will help each other cross the finish line. Like, we'll help each other stay faithful. We'll help each other stay committed. We'll help each other stay encouraged, even when things don't go our way. This is a great passage. Today, here's the deal. Today, here's the deal. Today, we play by God's rules. That's, that's the truth for today. That's a nut and a bolt for today. We're going to compete. We're going to be on the field. We're going to be in the game. And we're going to do it God's way, even though we're surrounded by a world that is not. There is a world of people around us not playing, playing by God's ways. They are playing by another set of standards, another set of rules, ones that doesn't have any kind of morality or truth to it whatsoever. And it's hard to compete in a game against others, an opponent, that doesn't play by the same set of rules. This is a difficult thing. And it's going to become harder and harder as the world continues to go forward. But today we play as members of God's kingdom on God's team, no matter what the world will do, no matter what may happen to us, we are going to play according to God's rules to the bitter, bitter end. Paul says, everyone who competes, everyone who competes, Paul says. You see that? 
everyone. In a race, all the runners run, only one gets a prize. Everyone who competes in the games, everyone, all of us, every person ever to step on the planet in human form is part of the all of us. Everyone will compete, everyone does compete. All are on a team and all are in the game. The question is, what team are you on and how are you doing? How well are you doing competing for the Lord? Are you aware of your position? Are you aware of what God is doing in you and around you? It's our job as believers in Christ and followers of Jesus to figure out, find out what God is doing through us and to walk with him in this world. Well, I want to point out a few things about playing by God's rules. Okay, because we play according to God's rules, not our rules, not the world's rules. So here we go. Number one, five things real quick today about playing by God's rule that Paul points out in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. First thing is this. When we play by God's rules, we discipline ourselves and we go into strict training, right? That's what we do. We go into strict training. The idea of strict, we know what strict is, right? When somebody is uh, like military strict, Everything is in order, everything is proper, everything is professional, everything is, they will not put up with any kind of slacking off. Everything is going to be perfect and neat and professional and right. Strict, that's what strict means, strict discipline, like a, like a self-control and a self-restraint, uh, right? Living your life in such a way that you are very careful of what comes into your life because it involves two things, positives and negatives, right? Positive things we're going to bring into our life, negative things we're going to keep out of our life. Anything questionable stays out. If you're putting negative things into your life, if you're allowing stuff of the world to come into your life that you know is questionable, you are not in strict training for God. You have allowed yourself to just kind of be wishy-washy. There's a lot of people living that way. Just want the best of both worlds, right? We want all of God and we want all of the world. We just want to like blend it all in our life. Well, that's not what the scriptures teach us. If we're going to follow, be followers of Jesus, we're going to go into strict training. We're going to compete to win the prize. We're going we're to be careful what comes in and what goes out, what we allow in our life. And we're going to get the negative stuff out of our life and we're going to let the positive stuff come into our life. If that's training, like for the Olympics, it's, it's eating right, it's, it's uh, exercising right, it's getting the right amount of sleep, it's doing things that are going to give you the best chance to win. Same thing in a spiritual realm. We're going to do things that are going to give us the best chance to be like Jesus. We're going to put the Word of God into our life, we're going to keep the negative stuff of the world out of our life, we're not going to let it come in and be a part of our world. We're just not going to allow that. Because we have gone into strict training. Look what he says. Here's a picture. These are the Navy SEALs. Look at this. Guys standing in a rock. This is snow. This is ice. These guys are in the water freezing. You know why? Because they are training themselves. They are training their bodies. Strictly. They are training themselves to be able to endure this kind of situation 
if they're over there on a, on a mission for the United States fighting a war and they have to get in this kind of situation, they are training themselves with strict training to be able to deal with the cold in the event that they find themselves in the cold. That's what it means, strict training. You do things to yourself to help yourself be focused and intentional on who the Lord is and what he wants in your life. So, so number one, when we play by God's rules, right? Playing by God's rules means we go into strict training. We go into God's kind of training. We let God train us to, to, to help us with our flesh, to help us with the physical nature of who we are as people living on a planet trapped in this body. Because this body loves pleasure. This body loves sinfulness. This body loves lust and loves to, to just indulge in the things of this world. And as biblical followers of Jesus, we are to get that stuff out of our life and whip ourselves into shape. Paul says each one competes. Everyone competes. Everyone plays in the game on one team or another. Don't you hate it when, when you're playing against somebody and they aren't trying anymore? Sometimes they're not trying because they're so much better than you that they don't even have to try and they're going to beat you and that kind of sticks, right? That's no fun. But other times people don't try because they don't care or they know they're not very good and so they just act as if they don't care. They don't try. Whenever you're playing in a game like that and you got people like that, that's no fun. It's no fun. They're in the game but they really just don't care or they're just not paying attention to what's going on. Right? They're hard to play with. They're hard to play with. Many run in this race, in our eternal race, as if they just don't care. Many people are in the race, on the field, in the game, and they don't even realize they're in a game and on the field, and they're supposed to take up their stand or take up their position. They're running as if they don't care, or they're running as if they just don't realize it and they're unaware of what's going on. It's hard to play with members like that on the team. You go to pass them the ball and they're not even watching. Or you go to run a play and they're not doing their part because they're not paying attention and they just don't care. They just wanna watch the game. They don't really wanna help win the game or participate in the game. That's aggravating, isn't it? Strict training, strict training is intense and it's intentional. It's on purpose. It's a decision of the will that I am going to train myself. I'm going to go into strict training. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to get myself uncomfortable, sweat, exhaustion, paint to the point of even injury. You watch these guys train for stuff. They got to practice doing flips and things. And many times they hurt themselves, break bones, break legs, break arms. Just training, trying to get their body to respond the way they want it to respond in the, in the event or in life situation. Training yourself to respond to life when it happens, when it unfolds. So the question is, how intensely are you training or how intensely are you competing to represent Jesus in this world? To carry out the mission of Jesus. How intensely are you competing for Jesus? Here you go, on a scale of 1 to 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, 
Are you more like an elite athlete training to respond to, to the world like Jesus? Or are you more like a couch potato in your training to be like Jesus? That's a tough question, isn't it? Most of us are going to say we're somewhere in the middle. Well, our goal in life, our desire should be to be as elite for Jesus as we possibly can. We go into strict training, number two. We are running for an eternal crown. That's why when we're in the game playing by God's rules, the nuts and bolts of that, we are running for an eternal crown. Not one that's temporary, but one that is forever, eternal forever, an eternal crown. One day that God will give us if we've been faithful to him and held on to him throughout all of our fleshly life on this earth from beginning to end. We held on to Christ. We did not sell out to Jesus. We're fighting for an eternal crown one day to receive in heaven. We are not fighting for temporary crowns that are going to perish and rust and, and, be, and be destroyed. But most of us, most of the people on the planet are, are really, really fighting for things of this world. We are chasing after the stuff of this world. We are, we are striving with everything in us to get more money or to get more fame or to get more riches or to get more homes. We're not running for eternal crowns at all. Many people have been deceived into running after the wrong crowns. When we play by God's rules, we're going to run for an eternal crown. Look what he says in verse 25. They do it to get a crown that will not last. We do it on God's team. We know we're not fighting for junk. We are fighting to get a crown that will last forever. They, 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 the world, the world is running after shiny, glittery, really cool looking junk that's going to perish one day. We are running for an eternal glory, for an eternal crown, one forever, forever and ever. There's such a big difference between the goal of the world and the goal of God's people. So what kind of crown does the world compete for? Well, they compete for the stuff of the world, right? Riches, fame, maybe good retirement. All the things that the world says are so important. And here's the thing. These things, even though they are part of our life, they are not the priority. They are really secondary. These things... We need in life. You need money to have a house. You need money to buy food. You need these things to be a part of the planet, to live on this world and to exist. That is true. We can't go without those things. They just are secondary. They aren't our goal in life. They should be, they should be tools that we use in life to do what God wants us to do. Not the priority. They're the secondary. And as we begin to shift that, we begin to realize these things, these things that we have, our stuff, they're secondary, they're tools to help other people to use to, to serve others so that the glory of God would come first. And the glory of God is only going to come first in the world if it comes first in us, in your life and in my life. The priority has to be the eternal. The priority has to be the eternal crown, not the temporary crowns of trash. 
that the world wants to say are what we should all chase after. You know, these things are necessary for life. They are necessary for us to live on a planet that is based on a system of buying and selling. But they are useless. The, the, the dollar bills, your bank account, your car, all the things that we have, we all have. They are useless in heaven. They are useless in eternity. They have no value. They're not even going to be there. Right? So we chase after an eternal crown, a crown that will last forever. And how long is forever? It's forever and ever and ever. It's not, it's not bound by time. It is eternally forever. This life and the next life. Temporary crowns are only good for here and now. They are limited and they are ultimately eternally lame. They're of no value whatsoever. Number three. Number three. We are playing by God's rules. And when we play by God's rules, we run this race and we compete with purpose. That's what we do. We run and we compete with purpose. We are not like a shadow boxer, just, you know, just, just out there. You know, it's fine for training. You know, you're out there training to, to, to work on your, your punches and kicks and whatever. But, but a shadow boxer is not going to beat anybody shadow boxing. That is almost aimlessly competing right there. There's, there's no competition to even go up against in a shadow boxer. So shadow boxers are, are punching the ear. And this is, what, this is what Paul says. We run with purpose. He says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, just, just punching nothing. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. And he's setting himself up for what he's going to say next that we're going to get to. But, but for one minute, Paul's saying, I, I, I run with purpose. I run with purpose. Every punch, everything I do has intention. Every move is part of a strategy of glorifying God and an eternal purpose in my life. There is no waste of time. There is no waste of energy. There's no waste of resources. And there's no waste of movement. Like a well-trained athlete. You think about these guys that are competing for the Olympics this week. Swimmers, runners. Hurdlers, ball players, whatever the sport, every part of their body has a purpose. Their hands, their head, their feet, their body are all, they have trained every inch of themselves to, to work together as one. Because when everything is working together as one, the church is working together as one, you will have the greatest rate of success when you are working as one rather than part of your body is not working together with you. Or part of your body is just not engaged in fighting for the win. Your feet aren't engaged. You know, like trying to teach a little person to swim. We're with Isaac this, this week in Florida and we're in the swimming pool and he's learning how to swim. He's seven years old, he's learning how to swim. He's learning how to go under the water like Leo is without holding their nose and Bruno without holding their nose, you know, being able to use your hands to swim. If you're swimming like this with one hand and one hand's on your nose doing, doing this, you can't get very far. If you're gonna race somebody who has both arms, you're gonna lose, right? 
So strict training, running with purpose. This is all about, like this is all about every part of us, the body of Christ and every part of our body, if it's a competition, all working together with no waste of energy or movement whatsoever. Think about that, running with purpose. We run with purpose. Michael Phelps, Michael Phelps, there's a reason he has more medals than anyone in the world. 28 medals, 23 of those medals are gold medals. That is just unheard of. It's unthinkable that this guy, when he puts them on, he's got 28 medals that are all gonna perish one day, but in competition and on this earth, that's quite an achievement, 28. 23 of them gold. Did you know that the United States of America has more golds than any other country in the world? Two times more medals than any other country and three times more gold medals than any other country out there. We hold the record for most medals and most gold medals. And Michael Phelps, he didn't get his, his 23 gold medals and his 28 medals by not training himself not get, making sure every part of his body, his fingers, his hands, his wrists, his elbows, every part of him, his toes, the formation of his feet as he cuts through the water, everything is on purpose. And if anything is a little off purpose, you lose. You lose a swimming race or you lose a running race. If everything isn't working, the person who trains themselves to get everything working forward at the same time together has the most chance of winning. We've been given a mission. Our commanding officer, our commanding officer has enlisted you to do your part and to do it great. God has enlisted you on his team to not just be in the game, but to be on the field doing your role. And what we do is we avoid evil. We avoid civilian affairs. We don't get hung up or caught up in the stuff of this world. Even though we have to be a part of the stuff of this world, we, it's secondary. Our priority is the things of God. Living our lives for God, being an example and a light for God. We are on a mission field to carry out specific orders. We have a purpose. Salvation is God's gift to you. The salvation of your soul comes to us freely through the blood of Christ that cost him everything. There is nothing you can do to gain Christ's grace, to gain his sacrifice. He did that for you. But living the Christian life and carrying out the mission of Jesus on this fleshly earth requires hard work and training and living with purpose. See, if we're going to play by God's rules, if we're going to be on God's team, then we need to figure out how we're going to have a purpose and we're going to live that purpose out every day. Let me go number four. I make my body a slave to God. Paul says, I make it my slave. But making it my slave means I'm making it God's slave. Check this out. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, 400 makes. That's what he said. Every practice, I don't leave until I've made 400 shots. 400 shots, that's a lot of shots. 
If you're a basketball player and you go to practice every day and you say, I'm not leaving the gym until I make 400 shots, you are going to be one of the greatest basketball players ever to step on the court. I make my body a slave to God. Kobe says, I'm going to make my body, my hands, my legs, my movement is going to be so perfect. I'm making 400 shots every day at, at my practice before I leave this gym. I am going to train my body to do exactly what it is I want it to do. Jay Williams and Kobe Bryant were on the Olympic team together years ago. And one night at about two in the morning, Jay Williams says, Kobe Bryant called him up uh, in his room, he was in another room, and said, hey, Jay, can you come down to the gym uh, and help me work on something? So Kobe, two in the morning, Jay gets out of bed, he puts on his clothes, he goes down to the gym, and for the next couple hours, they worked together on what it was Kobe wanted to work on. Shooting baskets, doing layups, doing things that, that he wanted to work on, moves. Jay Williams goes, heads off the bed after a couple hours, and the next day, 11 a.m., they have practice, Olympic team practice. Jay Williams comes into practice. They're shooting around. They're playing basketball. He's talking to Kobe. He says, hey, Kobe, so what time did you finally like wrap it up uh, this morning and go to your bed? And Kobe said, wrap it up. I haven't stopped yet. All night, Kobe Bryant was on, in the gym working trying to perfect his skill, trying to perfect his shot. And at 11 a.m., he was still there. He had never gone home. He, he never went to his room and took a nap. He was still there practicing now with the team all night. You know what that's called? That's called making your body a slave to what it is you want it to do. And it means putting in the time and it means putting in the effort. It means doing all that it takes to get yourself, your body, to do and to respond the way you want it to respond. And when it doesn't respond the way you want it to respond, you go back to the drawing table and you keep working until it responds the way you want it to respond. That's what this whole passage is about. He says, no, no. I don't beat the air aimlessly like a boxer shadow, but I don't do that. He says, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave. I make it my slave or I make it a slave to the one I serve and that's God. It's a picture of inflicting intense punishment on yourself, training, enduring, so that when the battle comes, in real life, or in a game, or in a situation, in the Olympic, whatever it is, in, in the spiritual realm, when the battle comes and the devil attacks, you are ready. You are ready to fight. You're ready. You have trained your body how to respond in that situation. You've already felt the pain. You've already endured the punishment. The sweat has already poured from your body in this situation, and the blood knows this feeling of running down your body because you put yourself through it. Before, through repetition, through extensive pressure, your body knows how to respond because it knows what to expect. You know, elite soldiers like the SEALs or the Green Beret or the Rangers, they not only train for battle and to go into secret missions and to do things that nobody else is able to do, but they go through rigorous training and self-inflicted torture so if they are ever taken captive, they will allow themselves, they will allow themselves to be tortured to death 
before they give up any military secrets. They go through the, the punishment and the intensity and the rigorous training of even being tortured. So that if they're ever in that situation, they know what that is. Their body will respond to it correctly. So that they don't give up anything to hurt the team. They'll give up their very life, their existence, all that they are. That intense, they will endure the worst of torture, protecting you, protecting us, protecting others. Paul said, I beat my body. I make my body do what I want it to do. I know what God wants. I'm going to train it to respond the way God wants me to respond. The world is not my boss. Pleasure is not in control of me. The devil will have to kill me. He'll have to put an end to my life. God is Lord and master over me, and I will whip my flesh into shape to honor the Lord Jesus. This is what Paul is saying to us, is that I will train myself, I will whip myself into shape so that I will respond the right way in any situation that might ever arise. <laughs> this is intense. There's a lot of physical work going on here. You know what's aggravating? What's aggravating to me at times is to hear people say that the work is done. I hear people say this, oh, the work is done. All the work is done. The work is done. It's all been done. Now, I got a problem with that. I got a big problem with that. Because there's two halves to this coin about the work. You know, when it comes to the work of Jesus, building a bridge back to heaven, laying down salvation for the world, for anyone in the planet, his blood taking care of the penalty of sin and death for every human being on the planet. When it comes to that work, it is done. Jesus did the work that we could never do. He did it. He accomplished that. There is nothing that we did to bring that about. It is God's grace for all of mankind. It is God's salvation for all of mankind. It is a highway bridge to heaven that only Jesus was able to build. I did nothing for that to happen. You can do nothing for that to happen, but we can receive that freely by his grace. That's true. That work is done. But when it comes to training yourself for godliness, when it comes to beating your body into shape, when it comes to the work on this earth, when it comes to the mission of Jesus on the planet and others that are lost and going to hell, the work is not done. That work is not done. Stop saying the work is done. The work of Jesus, it's done. But our work and the mission of Jesus is undone. There are souls all around you that are lost and going to hell. If you and I don't go out and reach them, our work is not done because others need to know Jesus. And as long as that's true, the work is undone. 
people, especially younger people, have this confused idea. I hear him say, man, the work's done. Jesus did it all. Yeah, he did. He did his part. He did his part. He paved the way to heaven. But there are people that are lost. Your friends, my family members, people who don't know Christ that are going to go to hell. If they don't accept Jesus Christ as Lord and are immersed into Christ and have their sins forgiven, they are going to be lost forever. That work is not done. There's more to do. There's so much more to do. It is not time to kick our feet up and sing Kumbaya because all of the work is done. If the work were done, why is Paul talking like this? Why in all of his letters does he talk in this way? I go into strict training, right? I beat my body to make it my slave to God. I run with a purpose and I, I, I don't run aimlessly. I run with intention. I avoid the ease. Why, why does Paul talk like this if all of the work is done? It's not done, that's why. It's not done. God has given us his mission and it's our job to carry it out. Number five, last thing is this. We go into strict training. Playing by God's rules, strict training. We do it to win an eternal crown. We run with purpose. I beat my body to make it do what I want it to do in the flesh. We're talking flesh here. Our flesh, we want our flesh to line up with the, the, the God of all creation. His truth, his way. And the fifth thing is this, I play by God's rules. I play by God's rules. That's how I live. I live by God's rules. Check this out. This is the picture of uh, probably your uh, math class. This is some other country it looks like. And apparently they did a lot of cheating because, because in this test given, they're, they're all like this, like with blinders on their head so that they don't cheat. We play, we play by God's rules. We play according to God's rules. We can't cheat our way into heaven. We can't get somebody's answers to get our way into heaven. We can't trick God. It's not like you're going to be able to pull the wool over God's eyes and God's going to go, oh, you, you were one of mine too. No, he's either going to say, I knew you, come into heaven, or he's going to look at you and say, I don't know you, I never knew you, depart from me. You're not going to pull, we're not going to pull the wool over God's eyes like we do our teachers in school. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He knows everything. He knows it all. Paul says, I play by God's rules. I play by God's rules so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be, look at the word, disqualified. If there isn't a battle going on for our flesh and, and with, that we need to be engaged with, the work that, that isn't done, why would he say I could possibly be disqualified for the prize? Because if I don't live the life that Jesus has called me to live, if I don't engage with him and become co-workers with him in my flesh on this earth to whip myself and train myself to be like Jesus and, and, and reach the world that is lost and separated from Jesus, then I could be disqualified for any prize. If I'm not living my life for Christ, there is work to be done. We are created in Christ Jesus to do works that God prepared for us to do. There's things to be done. We play according to God's set of rules. You know, the world has its own teachings and the world has its own set of theories and the world is trying to squeeze you into its gigantic mold of nothingness where anything goes. Whatever you want, jump in. Enjoy. 
But here's the thing. As believers, we have decided to follow Jesus. And we answer to a higher calling. A truth and a morality that is from God. His truth is transforming us to be more and more like Jesus. And we like it. We want more of it. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to be less like the world. That's what we want. That's our desire. That's our hunger and our thirst is to be like Christ. To know him and him only. To know the truth. And then to be able to see what's going on around us, the lies. It will be his truths. It will be his laws. It will be his will. It will be his will and his way that we will follow every day and live according to. And here's the thing. The world is not going to lure us away. The devil will have to kill us. But we will not go away and we will not keep silent. We will live the gospel of Jesus out loud first by our actions and our behaviors in the world as we live and set an example of godliness. And secondly, by our voice and our words, we will speak the truth to the world in love. And then the world can do whatever it would like to do with us. I love what Paul said in Timothy. He said, you my son, then you my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in that. Look, no matter what happens, you know, we all want things in life. But you know what? Compared to eternity, life is short. Really not that big a deal in the end. The perspective is simple. World, life on planet Earth is this big. Eternity is two arrows pointing forever. So our short time on this Earth, if it doesn't go our way, it's okay. It's so short. It's so temporary. Paul says... Be strong in the grace of Christ. Forget the world. Forget relying on the things of the world. And the things you have heard me say, he says, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So, so the things I heard, I'm sharing with you, and the things you hear, you should share with others, and we should just keep the message of Jesus going out to reliable people who will then go out and tell other people, be reliable for the truth of God. Be reliable to God that you'll go and share it with other people. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one, verse 4, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. We read this last week. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete, does not receive a victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. How many people have been disqualified? How many times have you seen somebody win a race or win an event only to be disqualified because they did not compete according to the rules? Steroids, and drugs, and, and enhancers, right? Over and over again, we see this in, in the world. And this is true in the spiritual world. We're not going to fool God. We must compete according to God's rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Look at verse 7. Reflect. Just think about this. Reflect on what I am saying to you. For the Lord will give you insight into all this. And I love that. 
Don't you love this? Like, if you're in the Word, you know, you may read this. Yeah, I, I read this, and I go, okay, he's talking about a, a competition. He's talking about an athlete. He's talking about competing by the rules. And then he says the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. And there's, it's hard to make a connection there with that. I mean, you have to sit there and think about that for a little bit. Think about how does a farmer and sharing in the crops relate to uh, somebody competing by the rules? Think on that. Think on that for a while. How does this passage even fit? 2 Timothy 2. Look it over. Read it over. Try to figure out how what Paul's talking about here that brings it all together. But here's the truth of it all. Verse 7. It says, reflect on this. Think about these things because here's what's going to happen. The more you do, the more God will reveal it to you. The more God will make it clear. He will help you to understand the insight in it. That's beautiful. Guess what? You don't meditate on God's word. You don't soak it in. You don't take time to think about what God is trying to say. There will be no insight for you. You only gain insight by reflecting. Taking time to spend in God's word. Thinking about it. Praying over it. Reading other scripture. Trying to tie it together. Trying to figure out what does God want me to do? What is he saying for me to do? Look, here's the thing, guys. Get in the game. Let's just get in the game. Because when you're in the game, you have a fighting chance to win. 100% of shots that are not taken will never be made, right? That's a famous quote by somebody. You don't shoot, you will not score. You don't try. And you don't have a chance. But you engage, you get in the game, you get on the field, and you just start doing something. Go do anything, something significant. That word significant is so important because there's a lot of trivial things you could go do that are nice and wonderful and they need to get done, but you know what? Do something significant. Go out there and do something crazy for God. Go let the Lord use you to start some ministry that has never been done. Maybe in your community, maybe in the world. And watch what God can do through you as you get in the game, as you get on the field, as you find your significant place to serve, and as you play according to God's rules, not the world's. Love you guys. Have a great day. Have a great week. And may the Lord just use you like never before. Focus. Focus your heart and your mind on him. Have a good one. God bless.